Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Well, that sounded quite good. Actually. I was quite impressed with that little opener. Bit better than the usual one I was about to do. <laughs> Going, oh, terribly sorry. It's, uh, it's not a cold. It's a throat infection. And if I knew who gave it to me, I'd go around and kill them, I think. Even my, uh, my nurse said the other day, she said, oh, blimey, that's a bad cough, isn't it? I said, I can't get rid of it. So I go back to the chemist, I go back to goods, and I walk out with my, my packet of tablets. These are horrible tablets, these are, I quite like them. Potter's sugar-free cough pastils. And the, uh, the lady who, who dispenses said, you won't like the taste. She said, you'll hate me for these. Well, I actually quite like the taste. <coughs> Doesn't sort of bother me too much. Says, relieves the symptoms of coughs, colds and bronchial guitar. No, it doesn't. So I've got cough medicine. I've got chloroseptics. But, you know, the usual things, because being British, we don't do illness very well, do we? We sort of, oh, don't feel very well. And you sort of struggle with all this stuff. And I'm, I'm struggling with it at the moment. But feel fine. Feel fine. Just can't get rid of the stupid throat thing. Thank you, incidentally, for all your uh, texts and emails. We shall attempt to truck the programme through till 7 o'clock this morning. And tell you what's happening. Uh, and I'm trying not to mention dreary Cheryl Cole. I mean, to be honest with you, it's... Who cares? Who cares? We knew it was going to happen. We, we predicted this more than a week ago on the programme and said, look, you know, either she's going to be a doormat. Now, of course, we're going to milk it. And they've all said the same, haven't they? They should say, you know, can, can we finally respect her, her privacy? You think, no, because she lives in the media spotlight. She's deliberately gone out and courted the media. First of all, taking the ring off and then doing all this kind of stuff. She didn't need to go to the Brits. Certainly not with that bad miming. And uh, this has happened before. It's not the first time. You know, and she sort of put up with it first time round, and now it's on to second time. She didn't believe a word, according to the papers, of his excuses. I don't know why people worry about it. So he, he sent text messages, so he sent pictures of himself. Who cares? I, I, you know, I'm really... I'm so bored with it. It's about as boring as Katie Price. In fact, I didn't realise it was possible. To, and now they go, the agony. Oh, she'll be like Peter Andre, we'll have the tears and everything else. A distraught Cheryl shuts herself away inside a mansion. Yeah, right. It's just all done to, uh, to generate publicity. But they say that it could boost her career in America. So, because she's split from Ashley Cole, who's not known over there, it could boost her career in America. Once they've worked out what she's talking about, which is, uh, which is a bit of a problem, I'm afraid. <clears throat> Other stories of the papers today, which we shall come around to a little bit later on. Jamie Winston, Danny Minogue who's voted herself out of the X Factor live auditions because she's pregnant. This, of course, uh, means that she'll be busy at her own booty camp, which is rather strange, isn't it? Because only the other day we had um, that other girl who wasn't being used on a television programme, Denise Van Outen, because she claimed she was dropped because she was pregnant. And everybody was very keen to point out to her, because you have to say it about five times, she's from Essex, and it has to sink in slowly but surely that she was never going to be on the programme anyway. They weren't using John Barrowman, they were using all new people. But uh, she's managed to milk it quite well. <clears throat> There's a, a property crash in the paper today. It's uh, Desrez, six bedrooms, 100 feet from the sea. Well, second thoughts, make that 50 feet from the sea as half their garden fell away. It just disappeared. <clears throat> and they got closer, fell 300 feet onto the beach. Six days after this six-bedroom house changed hands for 150,000 quid, the garden dropped away at the end. Imagine you're sitting there going, do you know, I think at the end we'll have... Hello, where's the garden gone? Where's the shit? It's all... And it's on the beach. And the trouble with these uh, sandstone cliffs is that they just get eroded as the waves pound them, and then it just drops. I think there was one part of the country where the road finished, and, and they went, it's all gone. And the houses, one by one, dropped into the sea. And this one here looks uh, <clears throat> pretty dangerous. 
The collapse began, says a neighbour, when a large boulder the size of a transit van fell off and then the whole lot went. I love the idea that the auctioneers admitted the previous owner was willing to let the spacious home go for 150 grand because of its perilous position. <laughs> Shouldn't have to wait too long before you've actually got a beach front property. It can actually be on the beach. <coughs> Excuse me, which is quite nice. Anyway, we shall, we shall persevere with it. Um, oh, lovely. Look at this. The chef of a Cheshire pub is aiming to eat... It's a story after my own heart, this one. Ten pounds of sprouts in ten minutes to raise money for the Miller nurses, who are fabulous. Ten pounds of sprouts in ten minutes. <laughs> Easy peasy. No contest. I had sprouts yesterday, actually, surprisingly. They're not very good at this time of year. I don't know why. I was really looking forward to something. I know they're not in season, but they, they do have them in the supermarkets, and I have bought them. And I've looked at them thinking, they don't look as good as they did at Christmas. I like the little tiny ones. I might have to go... I know, I might have to go for frozen. And I don't normally do frozen peas or anything like that. I find it a bit naff. I have got a freezer, and I have occasionally opened it up and gone, oh, sweet corn. And then you think, no, I'd rather have fresh vegetables. I'm sure they're, they're better. Especially when they've been boiled for about six hours. I mean, they're really, really good for you. Very, very good. Uh, Johnny says, a professional footballer, earning a paltry 100 grand a week, plus endorsement fees, is in the unfortunate position of being divorced by his wife, who is a member of a female band of limited quality. For some reason, her personality has been reinvented, and the adoring public are now treating her as the new Diana stroke Sister Teresa. I think Mother Teresa. No doubt, the, uh, yes, uh, shares the nation's wish to help her maximise this divorce and wring the life out of it for the next six months until she finds true love again. Let's hope she drops her surname at some point in the future. Yes. So she'll be Cheryl... Can't even remember what her name was before. Tweed. Oh, that's right, Cheryl Tweedy. It's got a real ring of a pop star to it, isn't it? Hello, Cheryl Tweedy. They were showing Nicola's programme on the show. She's the very pale one in the group who didn't used to be pale. She used to be on some beds. And so BBC Three and their infinite wisdom... And by God, have you seen... There's a programme on there called Coming of Age. Have you seen it? It is the most filth-laden, foul-mouthed kids' teenage thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, I, it got it. I mean, the language is unbelievable. I mean, even I'm shocked. Even I'm shocked. I can't even repeat any of the stuff that is on this programme because it is absolutely. In fact, I'm, I'm even surprised it was made by the BBC. I'm surprised it's even on the television using language that. Well, I'm I'm, I'm speechless. Spe almost a speech. Oh my God! Here she is, chief of the wags. Good old Colleen, working as hard as ever, treading the beach. Uh, with uh, with son Wayne Kai, and uh, it's nice for the whole family. Sorry, Kai Wayne. Nice for the whole family to be out there. The twenty, she, she's only twenty three, and already she's um, she's showing off her bikini bod. Alex Curran was looking hot too, because they're so busy. These girls, it's just dreadfully tedious, isn't it? Really, as you have to uh, sort of very stressful to go on holiday. The other day there was a bit in the paper about Kylie Minogue. Kylie was moaning about the fact she's got to do an album, and she said it's just work, work, work. I thought, oh, diddums. How, how awful for you, Kylie. Naff off, my producer says, because all you're doing is you're making an album to make yourself lots of money. How can that be difficult? Like sitting here in the morning. It's not, not exactly... Exactly. She didn't write the album. All she's got to do is go into a studio, OK, uh, sing a couple of songs, and then they go, right, we're going to make a video. Somebody will then... That's right, it'll be made to sound better. She'll, she'll be given a dance routine. <coughs> they have to find a lot of dancers who aren't very tall, because Kylie, there's no point in putting her with normal-sized people, because she'd disappear. 
you've got to find little dancers. Luckily, there's loads of them around. Guess how many turned up to the Michael Jackson audition? I don't know if you've seen the Michael Jackson DVD. It's worth watching to see uh, just how good this show would have been in London. Thousands of dancers turned up, and they were looking, I think, for 20. 20 dancers. They, they reworked Thriller. The good news was Michael Jackson was singing live on this DVD. So uh, it's, the, the little bits I've seen are very, very good. Very, very good indeed. So I might actually sort of uh, rave over that a little bit later on. Apparently, uh, Bob Holness, for regular listeners to LBC, is uh, not very well. And uh, Sarah, a friend of mine from ages and ages ago, because her father used to run LBC, says that he's in a home at the moment. So I'll find out more on that. Stephen Harlington says, avoid frozen sprouts. They taste too sweet. Rubbish. And Brian says, God, you sound awful. <laughs> I said, you should have heard me when I woke up this morning. You should have heard me. I woke up this morning, and, uh, you know, you always do the usual thing. La, 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 la. Well, I couldn't do it. I couldn't hear anything. Couldn't hear anything at all. And I sat there watching this dreadful coming-of-age programme and a few other things, including the repeat of Loose Women. <gasps> ghastly, Colleen. Ghastly. Fake, false, horrible. And, um, and, and I thought, what happens if I can't go in? And then I thought... I could always phone Anthony up, and then I thought, no, he's just done a four-hour programme. last thing he's, he's going to want to do is two hours following on from that. But I, I, I did seriously think, what do I do if I can't? And I'd, I'd be shouting into the phone, going, Anthony, it's Steve. And I thought he wouldn't know who it was. <coughs> <coughs> Terrible. Mark the Bailiff says, get better soon. And um, Gary says, I can empathise with your throat in affection. Without exaggeration, I had a throat infection from the end of November until New Year's Day. Ended up as a chest infection. Drink plenty of fluids. I do drink uh, plenty of fluids, actually. I'm very good at that. And I've had this cough before. Do you remember when there was something doing the rounds and we all got it? And it was almost like somebody had... There were spores in the air or something. And it gave you an uncontrollable cough. And you couldn't get rid of it because every so often it, uh, it tickled. And so naturally, you have to go... <coughs> And it makes you sound like you're uh, <clears throat> makes you sound like you're smoking, and of course I haven't smoked for for donkey's years, but it does does make you feel like that. The other day we were also inquiring about cotton buds, and Dawn says you've been saying how people have been telling you not to use cotton buds in your ears, but you don't know why. Well, I knew the reason is that people say that they can break off and you can have problems. She says a while back. I had a problem with my ears and I had to have them both syringed. Never use cotton buds in my ears, but the nurse who did it told me I should never use cotton buds to clean my ears because they can push any wax in your ears further in, causing it, sounds horrible, doesn't it? Causing it to be compacted, which could lead to problems such as your ears being blocked. I don't know if any of your other listeners have told you the same thing, but that's what I was told. Hope you're feeling a bit better now. Can't be easy doing your show when you probably aren't feeling like talking. Oh, believe you me, Dawn, I always feel like talking. It's just when you sort of... I mean, in the office this morning, Jim Diamond, he, let, he was going, God, you sound awful. Doesn't really help, does it? It's not the kind of thing you want to hear. And I said, I feel fine. I'm just a little bit annoyed that my throat is the way it is. And if, as I say, if I find the person who gave it to me... But you never find out, do you? You never find... It could be anybody in the office. I say, James O'Brien's been coughing and wheezing for weeks now. And it's probably him. Because I've not been with anybody else who's got a cold or an infection, but... I don't know. Oh, and the good news is we went to the doctor yesterday and we've, we've changed the needles for the insulin. So I was getting a few problems, so we've now gone to smaller needles. Oh, so much. I was trying to explain it to the producer this morning. She la, 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 la. She doesn't like anything to do with that. Darren's the same. Anything to do with needles or blood or this or that. Even Janet said to me yesterday when we were sort of running through what to do if I have a hypo. 
she sort of said, I know you don't like talking about needles. I said, not really. I'm a little bit phobic, I'm afraid, when it comes, but you've got to do it, haven't you? Got to do it. So as long as you can bear with me this morning, I can bear with you as well. 16 past five. These are the headlines. Alistair Darling's admitted he's had differences with Gordon Brown, but has denied being bullied by the Prime Minister. Argentina's Foreign Minister is to meet the UN Secretary-General later as tensions rise over British oil exploration off the Falkland Islands. And after their split became official yesterday... The papers reckon Cheryl and Ashley Cole could face a £22 million divorce battle. Let's have a check on the uh, state of the roads for you this morning. It's Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Stephen. LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. 19 minutes past uh, five. Wednesday morning, LBC 97.3. It is Steve Allen sounding a little bit like Barry White. And uh, sort of getting deeper and deeper as the programme goes on. Laura says, I'm sick of the media calling Cheryl Cole the nation's sweetheart. Because she's not. Oh, I agree with you. She's absolutely not. But, of course, nowadays, we, we sort of hail be- because, you know, she's being terribly brave. Oh, sod off. It's not brave at all. It's just ridiculous. It's just that they, they, they conduct it in the media spotlight. She will make money out of this. She'll make money out of the divorce, quite clearly, because he's the one who's been a prat. And then they'll make money out of selling the stories and Cheryl, who's trying to rebuild her life. And we'll all have to go through this disaster, like Peter Andre, you know, to his fans. Thank you for saving my life. Oh, go away, you drip. It's just ridiculous. We have a habit in this country, says Laura, of building up ordinary people to be something that they are not. Well, that is true. We do do that. We have done it for a long time. But we're actually very good in this country, building people up and then dropping them back down again. And to be honest with you, Cheryl Cole was never a singer. She just happened to look quite good. Although, strangely, if you look at the early videos of Girls Aloud, she looks completely different to the uh, all the hair extensions and everything else now. They all look like they've been dipped in chocolate, I'm afraid, which was probably quite a, quite a nice look. But I'm not actually sure whether or not she can sing live. She certainly hasn't managed... She, the only time she managed it was on X Factor, and part was recorded and part was her live, and it was so blooming awful. We all sat there going, ''Oh, my God, she really can't sing.'' And, uh, but it doesn't matter now, because you go into a studio and they make you sound like you can sing. D says, poor you. But without being too sycophantic, I'd rather listening to you being a bit croaky than anybody else. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Actually, the nice thing about this programme is we just share illnesses. We might as well go through it together, you know. Hoping to die here, as they say. David from Ilford says, do you think Michael Jackson's still alive? Well, if he is, they buried a very good look-alike. Because I bet you anything... In fact, I had this conversation with somebody the other day. And I reckon that in a few years' time, there will be a picture of Michael Jackson in his coffin. And the only reason I say that is, at the moment, it would be seen as being insensitive. But do you remember when River Phoenix died? And because he was doing major drugs and he was just another idiot. And they go, oh, you know, he went to the Viper Room, he took all these drugs, died later. And the National Enquirer paid one of his relatives, a cousin to fit them up with a little camera, and as they filed past his coffin, which was family only, only to take a picture, and they got paid like, $50,000, and for that they actually put it on the front cover of the National Enquirer under the guise of, you know, everybody else is saying this is a major intrusion, and they went, no, 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 this is to show people the danger of drugs. But actually, of course, he looked fairly good. They, they sort of put a wig on him, and he'd had been made up. Because the Americans go in for a lot, of, a lot of cosmetic work after you've died. You can pay extra and be embalmed and have your makeup done. And In fact, I think it was after Joan Crawford died, her daughter went in to have a look at her and reckoned it was the best she'd ever looked. Because the mortician had uh, said to her, he said, oh, he said, I, I, I copied the makeup from one of my favourite pictures of your mother. So he'd done this elaborate makeup on her and dressed her in her, her, her favourite dress. 
I'm just hoping to go out looking natural, I think. Jill says, you may not feel too good, but your voice sounds sexy. Yeah. I know, it sounds sexy, but unfortunately it's probably terribly infectious. Uh, Maria says, honey and lemon in hot water will soothe your throat. Don't buy frozen sprouts. <laughs> A lot of people say um, about frozen sprouts. I have had them before. They're little tiny ones. I do prefer fresh. If I can get fresh, I get fresh. <coughs> Steve says, you haven't smoked Wondered why I had a cough. You're not far from me by the airport. Keep your windows shut. And actually, strangely enough, I don't, uh, I don't suffer with anything from the airport. I don't hear noise. I don't hear anything at all. I do see, however, in the paper today that uh, page three stunner, Rianne Sugden. You remember Rianne, don't you? That Rianne was the one who was getting the sexy tests, uh, text from Vernon Kay. And there's a picture of her here. I feel a bit sorry for her. She's, um, she's a little bit naff. And uh, she's only... How old is she? Actually, normally... It t- oh, Rianne is 23. Well, she's bleached her hair so far now that it's just split to pieces. She looks a little bit like that one who used to do the, uh, the, the Live at Five show, Melinda Messenger. Her hair's shot through. It's just, you know, when you over-bleach, it just goes to pieces. So there's a picture over here. Apparently, she's had drinks thrown over in nightclubs and stuff like that. Well, it's your own fault, Rianne, isn't it, really? You knew he was married... Don't be so stupid. Anyway, it's your only little bit of publicity. Make the most of it, love, because we really think you're great down here in London. Not. Trying to, try to sound a bit positive about somebody. <laughs> uh, and here are the, uh, the five flings that Ashley has apparently had, and a picture of him wearing his pants. Oh, dear God in heaven. And then Cheryl, dark glasses, hat, collar turned up. Looking a bit like an extra from a carry-on film, as, a, you know, as opposed to anything else. She does look a bit Inspector Clouseau. Oh, sorry, I nearly did an accent. I suddenly realised I couldn't. Do you know there's a... Uh, oh, I can't mention that. It's, uh, it's ongoing. No, but uh, Jane Moore is talking about Kerry Katona. She's had another bust-up, because Pe- Kerry is uh, bipolar, dear. And um, she's uh, bust-up with her feckless husband, Mark Croft, and she's fled to Tenerife with her daughters. And Jane Moore says... As a declared bankrupt, one can only marvel at how she finds the money for such exotic jaunts. I know, I've often said, you know, I can't wait to be declared bankrupt, because you live in a big house, you've got loads of cars, you go on your holiday, and in fact really you're sticking two fingers up to the rest of us. Stupid woman. I hope you're, you never return to our televisions. Ghastly. Ghastly. Um, uh, first of all, we had Tony Terry's staged bout of poolside fawning over philandering husband, writes Jane Moore. Now Cheryl Cole has used the inevitable attention of the paparazzi. Let it be known that her cheating husband, Ashley, is so last season that she's already allowed another man to dwell a deux in her L.A. hotel room. It, it, it is quite sweet, actually, because she does say here that uh, Derek Hoff is the man. He's a dancer. And he does wear tight white T-shirts and carry his dog under his arm. Now, far bit from... Apparently, in America, he's just finished with his girlfriend. <coughs> Brought the cough on again. But uh, anyway, I, sh- I should imagine, because she went, you're not really wearing a tight white T-shirt, are you, Derek? And you're not really walking out with a dog under your arm, dear. <laughs> Don't you think it looks a little bit camp? Just a little bit. But as people have suggested, they were probably having a good old natter and swapping makeup hints and how to do your hair and how to face the press. Because I'd never heard of him up until now, but I'm assuming he's, he's a choreographer, so we'll be expecting some, some really good dancing, which is very good. Uh, they've revealed the Jackson 911 tape, and apparently go, patient Michael Jackson, the pop star singer, no pulse, no breathing, unresponsive, tried to resuscitate him, unsuccessful, done everything we can, should be there in five minutes. Doesn't look good, doesn't look good. So even when the... Uh, 
the uh, paramedics were there. They broke the news of his uh, death, and they they couldn't uh, bring him back. That's the trouble when you take all sorts of drugs and combinations of drugs. Same with Presley. You know, you take drugs for going to sleep, you take drugs for staying awake, you take drugs for going to the toilet, because people's lives are all topsy-turvy. If, if poor old Kylie Minogue is going, oh, it's really tough, 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 you know, it's mad, and I'm so tired because I've got to work and bring out this album, you think, how must it be for Michael Jackson when, you know, you're a 50-year-old man trapped in this child's body, everybody thinks you're a paedophile, you've got all this, the press attention, you've got a doctor who's giving you these jabs, you wear a wig... You know, you're, you're very frail, you're very vulnerable, and there's the pressure of going out to do, what was it, 60 concerts. You can imagine. I know people, you know, girls allowed walk off stage sweating buckets because they've just mimed a show. You think, well, you haven't exactly had to do very much. You want to be like Michael Jackson. You know, far more difficult, far more difficult, I, I would have thought. But then, of course, it's dreadful, isn't it? Just to be Peter Andre's his hell at the moment. How he's coping, I've got no idea. Uh, 84850, Tom in Canada says, just for a moment, I thought Miriam Carlin was filling in for you. Everybody out. Remember Miriam Carlin from the rag trade? Absolutely. And uh, Joey says, thank you for coming in to do your show. Now, I've said to you all before, don't turn up, don't get paid. Turn up, die on air. Fantastic. Loads of publicity, loads of coverage. Do you think I could make the front page of The Sun? Radio presenter dies on hair. Do you think it could achieve my... I would finally get front page of The Sun. <laughs> Sue and Greg, so just tuned in from Miami, which was speedy recovery, have a hot whiskey and lemon. Can you imagine this time of the morning actually attempting to do a hot whiskey and lemon? It would be a nice idea if it were around, but uh, but it's not, I'm afraid. 84850, steve at And uh, lots of people offering me all sorts of things here. And uh, another one says here, the sound of your voice is not really a blessing. And, uh, and the thought that other presenters will be using your mic today. Oh, bless. Oh, hopefully you catch something. <laughs> Which is quite sweet, isn't it? Uh, 84850. Steve at lbc.co.uk. We weave them all into the programme. Uh, Pete says, uh, glad you're in. I don't know what I do without my uh, my daily dose of you. It's absolutely true. I don't know what you do either. It's just kind of, you know, it's like honey and milk. It's like Werther's Originals, Steve Allen and LBC. It's kind of, it's a partnership. This is LBC. Morning, everybody. 28 minutes to uh, six is the time. You know, it's, it's lovely when you go on and check all people's history. And we found one here who's either uh, Edna or Barry and Peckham or Vladimir or Jenny. But most of the time, he's a Mary, I'm afraid, and is quite clearly more, more deluded than you can ever imagine. You really must get some help. You quite clearly are not, uh, not well at all, I'm afraid. So get some help as quickly as possible. You know, hate it all to end in tears for you. I suspect it, uh, it probably could do. Um, <clears throat> Stephen Harlington says, got it, a man called horse. There you go, I like that. How much cash do the likes of Tweedy, Price and Minogue need? Well, you need loads. You need loads. It costs loads of money to live nowadays. And if you're, if you're a celebrity, it costs even more money to live. Because you think that you walk past a homeless person, you can't give them 10p, can you? You have to give them loads of money. You have to give them a fiver or something like that. So, in fact, if you're a celebrity... It's, uh, it's very, very expensive. Very, very expensive. And you just have to, um, I don't know, you just have to, go, you have to go to the best restaurants. Can't go and sit in McDonald's. You imagine, Cheryl, Cheryl Tweedy goes and sits, or Cheryl Tweed, what is it, Tweedy or Tweed? Tweedy goes and sits in McDonald's and has a happy meal. 
I mean, it's not going to happen, is it? She'd have to go to, to posh places. And if she goes to posh places, then, um, then it's going to cost her money. And she, ha- she goes to posh places because she wants to be seen and photographed. Because all these people live their careers in the spotlight. The whole thing is, uh, is just, you know, just the way that they, uh, they do it. 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk. And uh, oh, here's Lucan Harrow, who's probably also somebody else and somebody else. Oh, very odd, this one. Very strange. Even more bizarre than the last one, I'm afraid. What a strange person. And uh, somebody who writes to um, all sorts of people. Oh, dear. Some of them are quite, quite disgusting. It's some very, very seriously ill people, aren't there? This one I didn't realise. I thought it was just me who was ill, but apparently uh, we, we, found, uh, we found a couple of others who, who aren't very well this morning. Which always amuses me. Uh, 84850, uk. We will have a chat to Steve Hargrave a little bit later on. He'll be with us doing the, uh, the music. Because at the moment, I think even he's a little bit fed up with the, uh, with the Cheryl Cole and all the rest of it. Because it's the front of most papers. And she's obviously doing a, um, a, a sort of a Vicky Beckham look. Only this time, it's terribly sad, isn't it? So she's got the dark glasses on the hat. She's got that lovely accoutrement, which all classy girls have got. The tattoo on the wrist... It's a real great thing to have. And, of course, she won't be wearing the wedding ring, so, as if to emphasise, we hold the hand up to the face. So you can see that there is, uh, there is no wedding ring there. Um, Steve, the dancer seen with Cheryl Cole uh, is a dancer on the American version of Strictly Come Dancing. What do you think the chances of her turning up on that programme next time to get herself popular with the Americans? Actually, to be honest with you, the Americans don't understand a word she's saying. They don't have the faintest idea. And also, they've got loads of... Pretty people. They don't. They don't need any more. What they're looking for is somebody who's got real talent. When you look at the America's Got Talent program, and then you, you have a look at, at ours, they're way ahead of us. We, we. I mean, all we can dredge up is a few NAFO people and the cheeky girls who, luckily, were kicked out. So I was quite pleased about. Honestly, they're dreary little asses again, do we? I'm afraid. Touch my bum. Oh dear, we don't want to. Uh, Christine Bleakley scored an own goal last night over Frank Lampard because he said the other day that he was still single and, uh, and wasn't actually going out with anybody. And he says, I'm not seeing anyone, I'm still a single man. And she's boasted they're still having fun. For that reads sex, I assume. Perhaps it's now called having fun. When you're sort of pushing 30, as indeed Christine is, and probably just the other side, we don't talk about sex. We talk about having fun or ladies and gentlemen, or something like that, because she's obviously a little bit immature, and having seen the blasted programme, dear, I can almost guarantee it. But uh, you remember that uh, we have talked, in fact, Frank Lampard's a big LBC fan, an even bigger fan of James O'Brien, and uh, that one you can podcast and relive the happy moment. But his seven-year relationship with uh, Ellen Rivers, the mother of the two children, ended last year, and then Belfast-born Christine, they say, had a close relationship with Adrian Childs. I don't think so. I really don't think they had a close relationship. I think, I think close re- for, for close relationship, read, they went out for dinner and they went out, you know, for meals and perhaps a few drinks because if you're working together on a programme, <coughs> kind of makes sense, doesn't it? You know, you're not going to sort of just not do it. That's why when, when you read about Cheryl Cole or Cheryl Tweedy and this dancer in her room, they're probably discussing, you know, what the dance moves and everything else and she's going, oh, I hate that man. I hate, and he's going, yes, he's, he's awful, isn't he? I can't believe how dreadful he is. You know, you should be, uh, you know, looked after better, Cheryl. You know, as he clutches the dog under his arm, girlfriend. <laughs> the model at the centre of the uh, Vernon K scandal, which I mentioned a short while ago, 
uh, has been physically attacked over the scandal. Glamour Girl, Rianne, every time you see the word Glamour Girl, doesn't your heart just drop? You know you're talking the lowest of the low. It doesn't get much worse than glam. And what do you do, love? I'm a glamour model. But you're not very glamorous, are you? It's like, didn't they have one in, was it in Celebrity Big Brother? Wasn't the one in, in the jungle who was a glamour model? Anything more plain, you'd be hard pushed to find. The only reason she was a glamour model, yeah, she was in Celebrity Big Brother. Look, yeah, long face, looked a bit like a horse, but we didn't know who she was. And they went, oh, she's, she's a glamour model. And I went, for glamour model, does that mean that she's willing to take her clothes off for not very much money? Because you don't get normal models taking their clothes off like that because they do catwalk stuff and fashion modelling. Glamour models are generally tarty-looking things, bleach blonde hair, lots and lots of makeup, but willing to get them out for the boys. And unfortunately, photographers will take loads of pictures of these girls. I mean, hundreds. They don't just go out and take six pictures. They take hundreds of them. So the pictures can be circulating for ages. You know, you think, oh, they're all brand new pictures. They're not. So these poor girls think that it's the passport to fame and fortune. And unfortunately, they, they suddenly realise that the only way to fame and fortune is to snare yourself as a, cele- a celebrity. If you don't snare, snare a... I can't even say the word now. If you don't snare a celebrity, you might as well give up and go back to the coal mine. And, oh, she's got a footballer boyfriend, but she's still doing texting to Vernon Kay. What's the matter with these people? Oh, oh, the one in Celebrity Big Brother. Oh, right, that's right, she has a footballer boyfriend. Because you have to have, if you're glamour model, you have to have a, um, a footballer. As I said before, it's no good having an actor, because they don't earn much money. But footballers have got loads of money, and they're particularly stupid. You know, I mean, you can always go out with a footballer, you go, hello, darling. I mean, I always remember... That, uh, that old bimbo who was going out with a footballer and she was buying a house and she picks up the phone to him abroad. She goes, hello, babe. I thought, babe, Christ, nobody ever says babe now, unless you're particularly stupid. And she yeah, found a house, it's gorgeous. I'll take you pictures of it. Love you, babe, love you. Of course, he ditched her very shortly afterwards and then she had to drag her weary carcass around nightclubs again. It's a bit sad, isn't it, really? That that's, that's the end result of being a glamour model. Nothing glamorous at all. Seedy little backstreet studios. And if you don't kind of make it in the glamour world, because what they do is they go, OK, just, just, take, just take, take your top off, love. OK, it might be much like selling these. You want to take, take the bottom off as well. And then the next thing you find yourself, listen, a lot of people have made it. Marilyn Monroe was in a porno film, and that Joan Crawford was in a porno film. And you go, yeah, but they're both dead. And that's how they, that's how they sell it to these, these bimbos. They go, listen, this is the way forward. Used to be a girl used to phone us overnight uh, years ago, and she was a porno actress. And her and her boyfriend used to make porno films together. He was so screwed up. I mean, he really was screwed up. It just completely messes with your mind. Anything like that. And people think, oh, it's really glamorous to go out to nightclubs, hang around. It's not glamorous at all. It's just, it's just very tacky and very seedy and a bit, a bit sad, really. A bit like the weather. Because the Met Office are now warning, just in case you needed to, to add this to your uh, catalogue of disasters, heavy rain which could lead to localised flooding. I can always tell that uh, Richmond, because there's a lovely island in the middle just by the bridge, and the water covers it completely. So you've just got trees sticking out the river, and it belts down the river. And that's what you're going to get today. Dry, but cloudy to start, with patchy drizzle later this morning. Heavy bursts of rain, mixed with bright spells becoming mild. High 10 degrees, currently at 6. Tonight, heavy showers dying out, dry but cloudy after midnight, and the low 5 centigrade, milder than last night. Tomorrow, mist patches at first, dry with bright spells through the morning. Thickening cloud will bring outbreaks of rain during the afternoon. I'm afraid for, for Friday and Saturday, cloudy, wet and windy. Saturday, dry with bright spells, and Sunday, another cloudy, wet and windy day. It's not very promising, is it? I was hoping to bring you some, some nice weather and go. We can have sunshine and, and um, 
we're not. But I'm not the only one with a croaky voice. Whitney Houston has been slated by fans after croaking her way through a shambolic gig. It was her first Australian tour in 11 years, and um, one fan said she didn't sing one song properly, which is, uh, you know, a bit of a shame, isn't it, really? She says, I've never walked out of a concert before. After six songs, she left the stage for a 20-minute break and was replaced by her brother, Gary Houston. I know. Who's Gary Houston? Who is he? I've never even heard of him. Never even heard of him. Um, Maria says, Who suggested honey and lemon cannot be listening properly? The honey will push your sugar levels up too far. Well done for making it in. I know, I have a feeling that uh, it's not going to get better today at all. I think it's just going to disappear. She says, but you do sound sexy. Yes. Unintentionally sexy, I think. The one thing you never ever say about Steve, they don't go, Steve Allen, sexy. You know, it never happened. It might probably sound a bit sexy on, on DAB and stuff like that. But the rest of it, I'm afraid, it's, it's not good. Uh, another one here. St Andrew of Highgate. He said, looked up uh, net... Um, on my sexy phone, dig.com, health, how to cure a sore throat, and it suggests gargling with cayenne pepper. Is it cayenne pepper? Can you imagine gargling with cayenne pepper? <laughs> Somebody says your laugh sounds a little bit more like Sid James. Somebody else says you sound like Sean Connery. I quite like that, uh, that Sean Connery thing. We did that yesterday. Shaken but not stirred. And I, I, that, I think that sounds a little bit sexy. Sort of in a, in a, <laughs> in a peculiar thing. Uh, before each presenter starts their show, the microphone, keyboards, computer and work area needs to be wiped over bacterial wipes and spray. You all seem to be reinfecting each other. Well, I've been in the business 35 years, Anna, and believe you me, we've never once wiped over a keyboard, a microphone, a screen or anything with an antibacterial wipe. In all the years <coughs> that I've been doing it, I promise you, never done that at all. At all. Steve, I've just Googled you, and you look like one of the Mitchell brothers. I do, actually. Steve, with a voice like yours, you could give us a renditioning of I was born under a wandering star. Mules are made for packing, mules are made for pack. I've never seen a sight that didn't look better looking back. And then it goes, I was born under... I mean, it just gets worse, doesn't it? <laughs> I love that. Perhaps we should record it. I tell you, I could nip into a recording studio. I think we just recorded it. Steve Allen's Wandering Star. Talk about wandering. Here's poor old Ricky Hatton. Four stone overweight. Lardy boy. Apparently is piling on the pounds. And, um, he's hoping to actually go back fighting again. But he needs to lose four stone. What is it with these fighters? You know, I never thought he looked fit at all. Ricky Hatton, I always thought he was one of these sort of, you know, fat, chubby little boys. Bit like Joe Calzacchi, apparently. Fighting for 25 years. What's the matter with these people? They need to curb their, their sort of, you know, their, their tempers. Mustn't fight. It's not nice. With or without gloves, I'm afraid. With or without gloves. Dee says, I've got the plumbers coming in at lunchtime. Joy, but I'm nervous. Some workmen can be bullies when they find a teeny tiny woman. You just tell them you listen to LBC. You, you, you make a note of their van number and the name of the company. Tell them Steve Allen will have a go at them if they're not very careful. With or without a cough. With or without a cough. Um... <clears throat> Lots of advice on uh, on gargling. It's not going to work, I'm afraid. And today, in fact, it's all gone terribly pear-shaped, I'm afraid. We're supposed to be recording an in-conversation. And then then we had another one to do tomorrow. Now the one from tomorrow has come back and said they want to do it today. So in theory, we've got two to do today. And here's me, dying. In fact, I'm sitting here with my coat on this morning. <laughs> I might put a scarf on in a minute. So it doesn't look likely that it's going to happen at all. 
And you think, because you imagine, one of these people coming in is currently on stage. The other one, luckily, is filmed. But um, I was thinking, if I infect this person, because I'm assuming I'm still at the infectious stage, and, and he then goes back, and within two days he comes down with this. Imagine. Oh, God, I could be sued left, right and centre. You actually turn up, you go, oh, it doesn't even bear thinking about it. So it's all gone horribly pear-shaped. So I thought I'd cover my back now by saying, if you have heard the programme, we don't sound very good. So that just kind of covers us. What we're going to do, we've got no idea. We haven't even thought that far. 14 minutes to six. These are the headlines. Chancellor Alistair Darling's entered the Downing Street bullying row. He's accused the Prime Minister's assistance of unleashing the forces of hell against him for predicting the recession would be the worst for 60 years. Argentina's Foreign Minister will meet the UN Secretary-General Ban Ki-moon as tensions rise over the British oil exploration off the Falkland Islands. And Cheryl Cole is now reportedly facing a £22 million divorce battle after announcing her split from husband Ashley yesterday. Let's have a check on the uh, roads for you. It's Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. Going to start with... C, 97.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Steve, all these people telling you to wipe everything down. They need to get a life. Actually, we've never written anything... Written, sorry, wiped anything down in our lives, I'm afraid. Mary in Kent says, I'm a real Mary. Discovered you a few weeks ago. You're hilarious. Well, I would be if I sounded quite normal. Unfortunately, I don't sound normal at all. Uh, they're now saying... In Austria, St Anton, everybody goes there because people love skiing and also Austria is very pretty. And they've got pictures of Jerry Halliwell in Switzerland. Does she do a job, Jerry Halliwell? Or does she just sort of, just swan around doing other things? I mean, I, I do worry about these people who, who became famous very early on uh, and then sort of walk out of the Spice Girls who do whatever they, they do. And then, then they just, the rest of their life is just, they don't do anything. And you just hope that they're going to do something nice you know, with their life, or sort of do charity. It's no good sort of doing some of the stuff that they do, which is uh, great. Um, Steve, mint, lemon, honey, herbs that smell nice. Unfortunately, nothing with honey in. As we've said before, we don't do honey, because we're diabetic. Uh, John is, uh, is in New York, apparently, and says, uh, much better to listen to going to bed than waking up early. They seem to like Ricky Chavez over here. HBO special and everything. I know, I can't understand it. I cannot understand... The, the success of it. I loved extras, I hated The Office, and I just don't find him funny, but there again, it would be ridiculous, wouldn't it, if, if everybody uh, who was so-called comedian, people found funny, because, uh, because we don't all the time. More on this, uh, this housing crash, this household. They sold this huge house for 150 grand. I think they must have had a survey, because, uh, as I mentioned earlier on, half the garden disappeared. <laughs> and it looks likely we're going back to the Falklands, because remember, we had this big war last time in the Falklands. LBC was very much at the forefront of that. And, uh, and now it's going to be over the oil, because we've started drilling for oil, and the Argentinians are going, wait a minute. And I'm thinking, here we go again. Here we go again. Here's um, the gaff-prone uh, immigration minister, Phil Wallace, yesterday, branded the charity chief at the centre of the Downing Street bullying row, this prat of a woman... Because mo- all the directors of the National Bullying Helpline have now left. And so she's all by herself. And uh, it, he's dismissed claims uh, that the organisation have received complaints. And the reason that all the directors left is because they said this is supposed to be a confidential helpline. You don't phone up a confidential helpline. Then have somebody go to the papers and go, by the way, somebody from Downing Street has phoned up. 
That's, that's breaking a confidence. You don't do things like that at all. Uh, Ed Ball says, I've known Gordon Brown for 20 years, and at no point has it ever occurred to me that Gordon Brown is or would ever be a bully. But as I've said before, bullying takes many different forms. Anne Whittacombe is writing about uh, Christine Pratt in her column today, and she's telling you exactly why she is not with her anymore. She says she'd unwisely and probably unethically revealed that employees of Number 10 had rung her service for help. As Gordon Brown has been going out of his way to portray himself as a sensitive soul, soul, it was quite a damning revelation. But the government reaction was over the top, with Mrs Pratt being called a Tory stooge, despite a long list of Labour MPs who support the helpline. When I agreed to become a patron of the helpline, it was on the strict understanding that it only dealt with real bullying, not just with bosses who occasionally shout. I was assured it did, which makes the revelation that some poor souls working in Number 10 were driven to consult Mrs Pratt, worthy of investigation, by the head of the civil service, and we should be told what the findings are. Absolutely. And then she says, what's the matter with Anna Ford? She and Angela Rippon were role models for hundreds of women when they previously... Uh, entered the all-male bastion of newsreading and did it well. They were serious people doing serious jobs. The Whittacombe household was divided. Also, only her in it, isn't there? The Whittacombe household was... Dis- and her mum and her cat. That's about it, isn't it? The Whittacombe household... <laughs> anyway, but she says, I preferred Ford and my father Rippon, while my mother thought the men somehow read the news better. Now Miss Ford has taken to slamming the writer Martin Amis, recounting that he was a negligent godfather to her daughter and actually smoked over her husband's deathbed. And then apparently it turned up the other day, Angela Rippon was, I think, doing one of the Dancing on Ice programmes. And, uh, and it's filmed out at Boreham Wood, I think, and apparently said, who's going to travel out to Boreham Wood to watch it? And Philip Schofield twittered, hundreds of thousands of people applied to come out here. They go to all sorts of studios. Because I, I, I do watch some of these cash in the attics. Can't bear that uh, that bloke from up north who doesn't know what to do with his hands. He stands there, Hayes, I think his name is his his name, and he sort of he just looks a bit un- he just looks creepy. He operates an antique business from home. What does that tell you? And I just I don't like him. I don't know why. He turns up and he looks a bit smarmy, and he wears a grey suit sometimes. Then they then they tried to put him in a pair of jeans the other week. And I thought, oh, terrible. Oh, wait a minute. Already we've got Cheryl Cole, who's taking off on an, on an aircraft, surrounded by police and bodyguards and everything. It's only Cheryl Cole, dear. It's only Cheryl Cole. What, you know, she's just an ordinary person, isn't she? Or have I missed the whole point of this? It's Cheryl the bad mimer, who was married to a footballer who plays away. What's, what's, what's the big deal? I mean, to be honest with you, I should be looked after much more carefully. I've got a sore throat. I'm far more needy. Far more needy. Very true. 84850-stevenlbc.co.uk And, um... <coughs> another one here. Sounds like you sound like the love child of Lee Marvin and Miriam Carlin. <laughs> I, I love the thought of Nick Ferrari rushing in with a wipe. You're probably past infectious, says Dee. I don't know, actually. It's certainly a lot worse than it was yesterday. Certainly not, uh, not better. Uh, and Blanche says, uh, can I do a Wandering Star duet with you? It's the only song I can croak out. I quite like the idea of croaking out. Croaking out. Um, women, incidentally, you'll be delighted to know, are the smarter sex. It's official. It's in the papers today. Uh, and the girls came out on top uh, because they asked them all sorts of trivial pursuit questions. The most commonly correct answer answered by women, correct question, was, what was the first movie to gross more than a billion at the box office? <coughs> the first movie to gross a billion at the box office was, Amanda, it was... No, not Gone With The Wind, no. Another biggie. Another biggie. Another biggie. 
No, no, no. More, more recent. No, oh, we're going to be here forever, aren't we? I wish I'd not asked the question. No, not Avatar. No, no, no. Do you want to have one more guess? Weekend at Burton. No, sadly not. No, the answer was Titanic. OK, you're, you're losing this one. OK, the most commonly correct question answered by men was, what planet travels around the sun every 248 years, whether it needs to or not? Pluto. See, she knew the answer to that one, but that's a man's question. What, what is this telling me? You can't do the women's questions. OK. The most common incorrect question answered by women was, how many C notes, $100 bills, comprise the average restaurant tab per person at Alain Ducasse's, at Alain Ducasse, New York, in 2000? Yeah. $100 bill comprise the average restaurant tab per person at Alain Ducasse, New York, in 2000. I don't know. I've got, I don't even understand the question. Uh, no, the answer's three. Right. But, I mean, does that, it doesn't make any sense at all. OK, here, here's, here's the one for men. What is the eagle on Mexico's flag perched on? What is the eagle on Mexico's flag? Sorry, a fist. It's a cactus. It's Mexico. It's a cactus. God, blimey, honestly. Well, we weren't very good at that at all, I'm afraid. Yeah, you did Pluto, but I mean, that was purely a guess. It, well, oh, right, yeah, because you knew the answer, didn't you? You knew the answer. Yeah, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Um, France's National Railway has been accused of racism because they put up a sign warning passengers to be on the lookout for Romanians. And the reason being on France's railway is that, uh, this is on the SNCF, there have been a number of worrying Romanians pickpocketing on the trains and taking bags. So they put a, a sign up saying, I mean, I suppose to in this country it'll just say, beware of pickpockets. They've gone, beware of Romanian pickpockets. And uh, one man who is a writer travelling from the town of uh, Foy to Toulouse launched a complaint. He said it was a disgrace. The poster was bound to cause offence to people from Romania. Well, how many are there? I don't know how many people there are. I was still getting people reporting back to me on my big fat gypsy wedding, which they said you have to see, Steve, to realise what the word bad taste means nowadays with these huge meringue wedding dresses. A little bit like Jordan got married, but there again, I mean, she is bad taste, full stop. A woman with no sense of fashion, no sense of, no sense of anything, really. But uh, I will be watching it this week because this week it's the infamous Jordan fancy dress party where this huge blob of an orange thing is going to descend onto the dance floor. And then later on, she's going to be dressed up as a melon. <laughs> and it's got all the naff people there, I'm afraid. It's really quite awful, uh, including the, uh, the two girls. One who does the makeup and the other one who does things with MDF. So they're going to be dressing up as well. It's like having your own handbags. It's quite good, really. Hi, how would you like 10,000? Morning, team. Nice to be company this morning. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast, LBC 97.3, with a throat that's disappearing faster than... Gordon Brown's popularity at the moment, I should imagine. Can I imagine that story in the paper about the, um, the deserters during the First World War? I mean, I was absolutely horrified to discover that in the First World War, 346 British soldiers were executed by firing squad. That's 346 young men, some of whom fell asleep at their post. They were taken out and shot. Uh, some were shot because they didn't go over the top when they were told to go over the top. And some who were suffering from shell shock and just wandered off bemused 
were caught, brought back and executed. In fact, one, one particular young man, a 19-year-old soldier of the Irish Rifles, James Crozier, was taken from a cell on a miserable day in late February 1916, tied to a stake and shot by his friends and fellow soldiers. His crime had been to wander off for four days. A major general who thought the men needed a lesson in discipline dismissed suggestions that clemency might be shown. He was executed. Sadly, the nervous firing party shot wide, only injuring him, and he had to be finished off with a bullet to the head from a young officer. And these stories are, are chronicled in Return of Captain John Emmett by Elizabeth Speller. It's a fascinating account. We've, we've talked about it at, uh, at length over the years. Now, of course, people understand what shell shock is and how, how people don't cope under different situations. And you train somebody to be a soldier, but you don't train them for what it is like to be in a battle zone. And we don't know, and that's why we're constantly surrounded by young men coming back in, in boxes, because I don't think they ever get trained properly. And you've got no idea what devious methods other people use. But to be taken out and shot by people that you probably classed as your friend because maybe your mind was, was altered because of the, the shells and the bombing, or falling asleep at your post to be taken out and shot, they had to do it. And the reason they gave was because if they let one person get away with it, morale within the group would, would drop. And that's why it would be absolutely awful. It's a terrible thing. Absolutely awful. There's a, a kilt maker which has found itself on the wrong side of the law after selling T-shirts urging Scottish football fans to back anyone but England in the World Cup. As a, as a picture. It's supposed to jokingly, you know, sort of say this, but of course people have taken it the other way and the police have issued a warning. I mean, you do think now, I'm sure the police have got better things to, to sort out than worrying about something that's written on the front of a T-shirt, which is, which is just, you know, it's, it's just a joke. But nowadays, people, people don't know jokes. I mean, the only thing I, I don't see as jokes are Harrow Council. You won't believe this one. This is possibly an all-time classic. I mean, if ever we were the country that was the easiest... Small, small wonder people want to bypass France and come and live here. Here is a woman, a migrant mother... Um, she, um, strangely enough, shouldn't be here. She's already been told once that she shouldn't be here, but because her children are here, she's able to claim hundreds of pounds in rent, income support and council tax benefit every month. So benefit cheats living in at least 20 countries are ripping off the welfare system for millions of pounds. We send, I forget how many millions of pounds every year to Poland. People who have children, but we're paying for them from here. I don't quite understand the benefits system. As far as I'm concerned, I think we need to operate the same as a lot of other countries. Uh, no, no benefits, full stop. Absolutely nothing. You know, you either work, or if you're not able to work, then we sort out something else. But just handing out benefits because somebody's got... And I see this ludicrous system which, is, which has evolved over the past couple of years where people arrive here as a family with their children and then they think, right, how do we get... I know, we then split up. So we've had cases where the husband's living in one part of the country, the wife's living somewhere else, and we're expected to house them and all the children with different fathers. It's quite clearly done to defraud the government that people get away with it. And, of course, if somebody then takes away the benefits, they immediately go rushing to lawyers who have set up special practices. And, and people make a, a small fortune out of this now. <coughs> I find it absolutely unbelievable that, uh, that this, this floodgate has not been, not been stopped there's one here, uh, as a, uh, this uh, Mrs Ibrahim arrived in the UK in 2003 to join her husband, named in court as a Mr Yusuf, 
As a Danish national, he counted as a migrant worker from another EU country with UK residency rights. Makes it unbelievable, isn't it, really? And it also applied to his wife. They've got four children. After working in the UK for five months, Mr Youssef claimed incapacity benefit. Ceased working. He was then declared fit for work. He then decided that uh, he, he was, he was going to leave the country because he couldn't actually get away with it. But yesterday, the court ruled that a parent caring for the child of a migrant worker who's in education in the host member state has a right of residence. And it's just an absolute farce. It really is. It's, I'm not at all surprised that people get angry. And you, you wonder why people open up the papers every day and seethe almost on a daily basis and phone LBC and go, you won't believe what's going on here. And then we worry about some silly little pop star and her naff husband, whether they've split up. Far more important things, as far as I'm concerned. 13 past six. LBC 97. LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's uh, 19 minutes past six. Paul says, how butch are you sounding today? I take it the medicine isn't doing its job, but I could get used to the new you. How lovely. Uh, Steve Hargrave is uh, back this week, another year older. Poor soul, honestly. <laughs> Nothing worse is the another year older. So there you go. And don't you just feel it? I, I do feel it. Oh. I feel it terribly. Yeah. I feel it almost as much as you're, as you're feeling your pain oh, this morning. Oh, God. It's just you annoying. It's, it, I tell you what it is, it's annoying more than anything because you sort of, you don't want to cough but it just gets worse and worse, and it gets to that stage <coughs> where you just have to cough. And, of course, the coughing doesn't make you feel any better. Excuse me for reiterating it, if you've already explained, but do you mm. feel... Is it, is it just the cough, or do you feel, like, stuck to your feet as well? Is no, I, I feel fine. It's just uh, the cough, which is sort of affecting my, my little chest. That's even worse, isn't it? Because yeah. then you do just sound awfully rough, but you're actually not that bad. Yes, I don't think I've sounded fine. this rough for years. <laughs> Some say it's a new sound to the programme. Are you sure you just weren't out a little bit late last night? Oh, listen, listen, you're talking Celebrating to the boy Cheryl's here. Celebrating Cheryl's new singleness. Oh, oh well, stop it. I mean, I, I did admit I, I was going to uh, to Twitter her and say, listen, if you're single, how do you fancy popping round for a cup of soup? You know, <laughs> and then I thought, no, she's far too busy with the uh, with the butch dancer and sorting yeah. out because it's an emotional turmoil for her. Oh, no, you were going to, and then you remembered you had a life and you couldn't <laughs> get a Do you know, I've, yeah. I've, I was saying to Amanda a short while ago, I failed to understand there's all sorts of dreadful things going on in the world. There's people's houses dropping off cliffs. There's people being shot. There's murders. And what do we put? A naff singer and an even naffer footballer on the front of most of the papers. Who yeah, gives I... a flying forex whether they separate, <laughs> divorce, hang from the chandelier or scream Geronimo? I couldn't care <laughs> less. I did think this yesterday when I, uh, of course, due to my job, had to talk about said split. And uh, I was just sat on air and there were just all these pe- people just appear with uh, who suddenly know them. Oh, have suddenly... you noticed? You can't move for <laughs> news of the world journalists popping up going, well, of course, when I spoke to her and you think, oh, here we go. What a load of old baloney <laughs> but, this is. Well, you know, I saw this coming because I spoke to a friend of Cheryl's, yeah. really good pals, and I saw it coming and, oh, who cares? Yeah. Say it, it's done, move on. Yes, and I mean, to see her going through an airport with a, a sort of a police bodyguard. I'm sorry, is this Cheryl Cole or the Pope we're talking about <laughs> here? Or Cheryl you know, Tweed? Tweedy? Yes, I feel it's bad. Relationships breaking down is bad, whether it's them or my neighbours or my parents yeah. or anyone, you know. It's bad, yes, <laughs> but... It's not like the end say. of the world. I mean, Peter Andre, of course, milked it for all it was worth a short while ago, where he thanked the fans for saving his life. Yeah, yeah, I thought, what, were yeah. you dangled over so, the edge of a cliff or something like that? No, he wasn't. It's just a naff marriage split up. You know, I mean, I just, Oh, it's so, so dreary. Magic, thank God it keeps us in work. Right, yes. music to play on the programme today. <laughs> she and him. 
seen him, Dewey Deschanel, the actress, and M. Ward, the musician, um, have another album coming out. Uh, they had an album out, was it last year before? I think it was. They had this one out. Sort of 60s vibe. He loves his 60s production and stuff. And it's all really warm and makes you feel squidgy inside. And uh, the, the second album's called Volume 2. The first album was called Volume 1, so that kind of figures. And that's out on April the 5th. And they've just announced they're playing Coco on May the 7th, which is a big gig, but it should be fun. So I'll play a song off of the new album, uh, She and Him, called In the Sun. That's quite nice. I'm not sure whether they'll duplicate it on uh, stage. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, that's all kind of the M Ward, the sound. Uh, yeah. And he died alive. He's, really, he's actually really very good as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if mm. they come up with a way. Oh, I must tell you, before we, before we go any further, Lightspeed mm. Champion, yes. uh, the album that I liked, I bought it. Yes. And, uh, well, it hasn't been sent out yet. It should have been released a oh. week ago last Monday. Still oh. nothing on that one. What happened? So I've got no idea. I sent it and they said, oh, it's been delayed. Oh. So I've ordered the thing, but yeah. it ain't arrived. Yeah. I'm not happy. Uh, should we tell him off? Yes. Get I your thought... album out. We, you know, we, we, we announced it was launched on the Monday. Yeah. And, and it wasn't. I very had a copy of it. Oh, yeah. Well, don't I do it now. I've already ordered the blooming thing. <laughs> no, I'm not going to copy it. I'm just saying I had one. Oh, right. <laughs> yes, I mean, copying is illegal, of course, as we you all don't, know. don't, sort of <laughs> Drummed out the brownies for worse. I just, I, the record label would send you one, being as you are. Yes. You, well, you liked it. I live in hope. I live yeah, in hope. Well, okay, quickly, work. Broken Bells. Broken Bells, there, uh, formed by Danger Mouse, the producer who's... Uh, Danger Nels Mouse? In, he's in Nels Barkley. Was it? Yeah, you know, oh. the... Uh, no, Niles Barkley, the band. I'm yeah. not going to like Danger I'm Mouse gets about a bit, doesn't they? Danger Mouse gets around a lot. It's produced for uh, Beck, and uh, he had his own album out. And he's joined by Shin's frontman, James Mercer. I like the Shin's. They're very good. They formed a new band called Broken Bells. They're playing at the ICA on March the 3rd, and the album's out March the 8th. Here's a track from Broken Bells off the album called Vaporize. quite like that, actually. Well, quite a nice groove. Yeah, quite, quite, uh, there's a nice groove going on with that one. Well, you know, I was thinking about Lightspeed Champion. I saw it in the shop the other week. Well, actually, physically in the shop. Well, Where did you order it from? Half work. Amazon. Yeah, really? Yeah. I'll be all right. I know. So yeah, cross. Was definitely in uh, a certain high street. Oh, was it? Yeah. Might have to go out and have another look. Uh, an odd combination, uh, yeah. headlining at Lovebox... Lovebox this year's going to be Roxy Music and Grace Jones. She's mad as a brush, you know. She's mad she's as a brush. Mad. Quite she's, music, though. She's quite balmy. <laughs> Anyone who hula hoops on stage for an entire song, yeah. you know, you've got to give them a bit of credit. Um, Dizzy Rascals also doing them the other night, July the 16th to yeah. the 18th this year. And um, Mark Ronson's playing as well. Strangely enough, I mean, do you remember at one time, it was only about two months ago, every time you opened up the paper, there was Mark Ronson again. Mark Ronson doing this, Mark Ronson doing that. And, all, and people suddenly realised, yeah, he's very good at what he does, but he's boring as heck. <laughs> boring <laughs> as heck. So all of a sudden, he didn't feature anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose he's not the most sort of exuberant pop star, but he's, he's, he seems like a nice chap. Yeah. Like a nice guy. Uh, yeah, we'll be seeing some more of him, because the album, his new album's coming out, um, well, I guess around then, that's why he's doing uh, Lovebox, I presume. Yeah. The album should be out then. Okay, for all um, you fans of JLS, they're doing Hammersmith Apollo tomorrow. 
Janice Hammersmith Apollo, Lady Gaga is around this weekend mm, as well, playing go, 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 go. exactly. Oh, and the Elvis Presley gig that they do. Oh, yes, uh, yes. Where they have the big screens up, which they do every year, and it packs out Wembley Arena. Nice. Saturday and Sunday, Wembley Arena. Good stuff. OK, kiddo, listen, yeah. have, a, have a nice week. Enjoy being in your next year of life. Thank you very much, and you get well soon, Steve. Bless your heart. Thank you for that. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. Steve Hargrave. And, of course, he's another year older. I feel as I'm another, about another ten years older this morning, I'm afraid. Sorry about that. London's... Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. 25 minutes to <coughs> seven is the time. And uh, onto the horse racing. Uh, Matthew, it's, uh, well, it's, it's a do-do-do-do day for Oh, you. dear. Sorry? Oh, you do sound. I know. I'm. I'm under the weather. I'm slowly dying. I'm. I afraid. had this cold last week. Actually, it's not a cold. It's it's the throat. Admittedly, I just just have a sneezing fit a short while ago. Mm. But uh, it's it's the <coughs> sorry. It's the cough bit, which is just oh, absolutely annoying. Oh, anyway, you do get your porridge today. Oh, another winner. The return very poor. Because yesterday saw one pound sixty, Monday saw one sixty-seven. So yesterday, it's all cash. Every as, as a certain yeah. well-known supermarket would say, every little helps. Well, yes, in your case, it is little <laughs> because your total loss is still eight pounds ninety-three. Count what's that? Count the pennies and the pounds will look after themselves. Is that the phrase? Yes, no, I, I did it the other way around. <laughs> C- count the pounds and forget about the pennies. Yes. They're for the poor people. And so, uh, <laughs> uh, Alex lost with his uh, canny thinker. Oh, dear. Sick that came in, so he lost two pounds. Total profit, though, still £19.65. It's going down. I know. But you mean, I'm still £19. You're still £8.93 with no way out. But you do get your <laughs> porridge today. Yes. So that's good news. So today we're off to Lingfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex has picked the 320 there with Rock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> that's I like that one. I quite like the sound of that. It always reminds me of Pathé News. I might have that one. That one. Well, today's meeting at Doncaster is subject to an inspection, but they are set to go at Kempton, Lingfield and Ludlow. The newsroom nag this morning, the 8 o'clock at Kempton. It'll be dark. I think it's Nairan. Sorry? Niran. N-I-R-A-N. Could be Niran. Is that an Irish word? Niran. 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 It probably says Noreen. How you? <laughs> How you, Niran? I quite like the sound of that, actually. That's good. Where is that? That's at Kempton. Uh, the 8 o'clock at Kempton. Oh, it'll be pitch dark. You're right. Oh, and then cold. Actually, the horses will have headlights. mild today. Double figures today. Is it? 10 degrees. Raining round here. It's always raining in your world. <laughs> it's raining in my heart. It is. It's going to rain today. It was raining yesterday when I left the building. It was raining. I, I mean, you lot tell me that it wasn't raining. It was well, it wasn't raining when you said it was raining. Oh, for goodness sake. It's either, it's either so raining pedantic. or it's not raining. There's no <laughs> grey area in the middle. Don't make worse. I'm struggling as it is. I don't oh, need this. Oh, dear. Here we go. Feign illness. I'm not well. Oh, oh dear. I've got tablets. You've got man not, flu is what you've got. It's not man flu. It's just it's throat infection made worse by my normal Talking too condition. much. That's the problem. <laughs> it's a bit of an occupational hazard on a speech station. <laughs> Although somebody said it made me sound a bit sexy. Right. Yeah. In fact, lots of people have said I sound sexy. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> right, well, I, I shall deliver your And we say good morning later. to our deaf listeners this morning. <laughs> How horrible is he? <laughs> not nice, is it? Here's me slowly dying in front of you. Oh, don't play. <laughs> oh, please. I might not make it Playing seven. for the sympathy card, are we? Well, I do try. I do try for a sympathy yes. vote. Obviously not with you, but the porridge will be delivered at seven. Excellent. Okay, and... Uh, I've, I've a feeling I will not be here tomorrow morning. Oh dear. Well, you you <coughs> should go home, get Sorry. some rest. Yes. Take lots of medicinal remedies. Yes. I think. Stock <coughs> up on the chemists at the way on the way home. <coughs> I've stopped. Oh up. dear. God, it's getting worse. Have you got any water? Uh, I have actually. 
I have. I've got a little bit here. Passed by the management. I'm really looking forward to trying it. The water was passed by the management. (laughs) Yes. Doesn't bear thinking about it. It doesn't, really. So, uh, somebody will talk to you tomorrow. (laughs) Right. Well, I hope it's you. (laughs) Well, I hope it's me as well, but I fear the worst, I'm afraid. Oh, dear. I fear the worst. But anyway, good luck with your horses. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks, Matthew. Speak to you soon. Okay. Actually, I did have, um, because I've I've lost the blooming thing now, because I've stupidly yesterday printed off loads of bits and pieces, and then, as usual, being completely balmy. And this is a side effect. I discovered, I was trying to explain to the producer, the lovely Amanda, when she was, she was cleaning my shoes, and uh, I said, you know, just, just polish them properly, because she's been a bit slapdash. She went away for a a few weeks, and she's come back, and she's come back with, let's just call it a bit of an attitude. And, uh, and I said, listen, do the shoes properly. You know, sh- bits, just wiping them over is not good enough as far as I'm concerned. You want to work on this programme, you learn how, how to polish. So I've taught her how to do it the army way, which is where you actually get the polish and you, you melt it. You almost set fire to it. I don't use any of this sort of instant polish and instant shine stuff. And so I bought her own little kit and so that she can do other presenter shoes as well. She can do Nick's and stuff like that. And, uh, and James O'Brien, he, he does wear sort of plimpsoles a lot of the time, which is, you know, a nice thing for the elderly if you've got funny feet. And so, uh, so she's been taught how to do it. My dad used to put the military shine on shoes and I've become quite funny about looking at people's shoes. I was in John Lewis the other day and I'm walking up the... I'm, 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 sliding up the escalator, because I was in no fit state to do anything. And, because uh, I've, I've promised her um, uh, a DVD player. But frankly, they're far too expensive, so I'm trying to find one in the pound shop. And uh, so I'm looking... And the bloke in front of me worked in John Lewis, in Kingston. But his shoes were filthy. I mean, absolutely filthy dirty. And I was going to tap him on the shoulder and go, has your department head told you... Because they were literally caked in mud... And we used to have a thing when we worked in a shop years ago, you know, all the people who worked there, they would inspect you in the morning and go, because when you left home, you would make sure you cleaned your shoes. And my dad used to have proper parade ground boots, but you would polish them at the front and you would set fire to the polish and then you would literally buff them so you could see your face in them. You know, nowadays, people just put a pair of shoes on and don't even think about it. You know, if I'm going out to a do and it's a posh do, I make sure my shoes are clean. You don't turn up with dirty shoes. So, as I say, I'm, I'm having to teach her how to do this. Now I've got to teach her, as if she didn't have enough to worry about, what happens if I go hypo. Because I had a lesson the other day at the doctor's on what happens. And apparently one of the, one of the side effects of diabetes is that you do start... Anyway, and so... Um, remembering things. Anyway, I don't know. And so that's what happens as you sort of get advanced. And the other thing, she said, if you're going to go hypo, make sure that you've got some, um, what were they called? Jelly beans. <coughs> she said, have jelly beans because they're so sugary that will pick you up quite quickly. And so we've got to go out and I've got to say to her, listen, they're not just for you to eat because she does have a habit. If there's a, there's a jar of sweeties there, she's got, she's like the little monkey. She puts her hand in, grabs the sweeties. And then of course she won't let go and she can't get the hand out again. It's the monkey and the peanut. So I've got to go and get some jelly beans, just in case I go under. And she said, you know, what will happen? I said, well, my hands will go sweaty. I said, I'll have a tingling on the lips. I said, and then I'll just collapse in front of you, you know, so brace yourself for it, which is quite good. Hope you're feeling better today, says Gordon. And uh, he says, my wife and I are recovering from the Lurgy too. Listened avidly in the UK, now settling to a new knife in Spain, but thank God for the podcast. Also relying on catch-up for television. <coughs> we watched, sorry, both Gypsy Wedding and Katie Price last night. My wife, Cheryl from Hillingdon, is still nagging me for the halogen oven. What's wrong with Calagas? Absolutely nothing wrong with Calagas. Many of us who, uh, who did go on caravanning holidays used to uh, sort of use Calagas. I don't know why, actually. We loved it. I love the smell of it. And uh, Annie, 
bit quiet lately, Bryn and Annie. Who say, try and get some uninterrupted sleep. I know it will help. He says, uh, fries balsam. I actually used to drop about three or four droplets of the stuff on a teaspoonful of sugar, rest it on my tongue and suck it down until it all dissolved. Boy, did it work, if only. You know, as, as you know, being a Toastmaster, Bryn, for 60 years, he's had hundreds of lousy throats, and it really is annoying. The worst thing I ever got years ago was when I actually lost my voice. It went completely. It went from being a little bit croaky to waking up in the morning, and sadly, I was making um, a pilot television programme. Not for me, but for Terry Wogan, because he doesn't do pilot television programmes, so <coughs> I had to learn the programme, and he came in to watch it to decide if he wanted to do it. But unfortunately, on the day before, the night before, I lost my voice completely, and it went. And I phoned them up at the studio and said, listen, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, but I'm, I, I've lost my voice. And they went, well, we've got a full studio here. You'll have to come in and do it. And it was a game show with people dressing up, and you can imagine, and I'm like that. I'd, you couldn't hear me at all. It was really annoying. It was just dreadful, dreadful, dreadful. But uh, both went to the Cotswolds last weekend and woke up to the most horrible and violent vomiting and sickness. Oh, dear. The winter virus, Bryn and Annie have caught. But uh, better now. So I wish you both better. As indeed anybody else who's suffering this morning. This is LB's... And don't forget, if you listen to uh, Nick Ferrari at breakfast all this week and James Whale at Drive all next week... There's the chance to win a trip to South Africa. Thanks to the South African tourism, you could be jetting off to the beautiful city of Cape Town. You get the opportunity to experience the amazing beaches, the wonderful food and drink and incredible wildlife that South Africa has to offer. So for your chance to win a trip to South Africa, tune in to Nick Ferrari's Breakfast Show all this week and James Whale at Drive all next week, right here on LBC 973 Lovely, lovely competition. Thank you for all the advice about the, uh, the throat. It's amazing. I, I shall have to go back to the chemist again today. Which I've got to go back to the chemist anyway. I spend my life in, in goods. I just don't, I might as well just take a bed in. It'd be so much easier. <coughs> but we have tried most things. Noreen says, will you please go home? I know. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, hot water, apparently, is very good. Hot water. Yes, I mean, I used to drink years and years ago hot lemon in the morning. That was, that was very good for you. Just, just lemon juice. And hot water. And in fact, in Austria, I used to have that as opposed to coffee. Because there's a limit to how much coffee, you know, you can actually get through. But lemon juice is actually good. But somebody said hot water is quite good. But, I mean, obviously not so hot that you, you burn your tongue. Because that would be quite dangerous. So there you go. Yes, you would forget about the throat, wouldn't you? <coughs> it's, got, it's got more irritating, I'm afraid. Far more irritating. Thank you to Alex who sent me in a, a piece, of, uh, piece of newspaper, actually, from the local paper from Farnborough in Hampshire, about the world-famous superstar Peter Andre, who turned up to the local Tesco's to sign a copy of his album, which is an album of covers. So nothing original there, even though Peter's just got so many songs inside bursting to get out. And unfortunately, they haven't quite made it outside just yet. But he said, as an aside, I've worked out you probably lived in Yorkshire around 64 to 68. Now, for the life of me, I can't remember. 64, I think we were definitely in Hong Kong. Pretty certain. And then back from Hong Kong to Brentwood, and then from Brentwood uh, up to Yorkshire. So it might have been, perhaps a couple of years later than that, could have been 66 to 68, something like that. And said, uh, I was there, Patrington, around the same time. Lived at Sutton, but most of our social life was built around Withensy. Because I used to go to Withensy High School years ago. <laughs> you can imagine, can't you? Straight out of prep school, up to Withensy High School, in a pair of short trousers in the middle of winter. God knows. I mean, you talk about bullying nowadays. Lord above. It didn't get any worse than that, I'm afraid. Did not get any worse at all. Uh, very quickly, I must tell you 
But uh, Nick is with you after the news at seven o'clock this morning. And apart from the uh, the competition, which he's actually got doing the papers for him this morning, is Katie Knight, Daily Mail columnist. They'll be talking about parent power dictating who runs schools with uh, Michael Gove and Ron Rooney. Are uh, the Tory energy proposals are pointless gimmicks? And are the current laws on listening to the radio fair? And this is, and, and also in the wake of the biggest showbiz split of the year. Which is the only one that's got about 20 million involved. Although, strangely, it, it starts off at 25 million one paper, 22 million another paper, now 20 million. And they will probably split that down the middle. And uh, Nick will be asking what went wrong and whether she should have shown him the red card sooner. And the answer is, of course she should have done. But I think it's a little bit like being married to um, a Tory MP. I remember... Lots of other people have sort of stuck their, their six penneth in and said, well, you know, better to be Mrs. So-and-so than... I'm sorry, who are you? And when you look at the, uh, the amount of money that's involved, £22 million, <coughs> uh, <coughs> excuse me, the, uh, the picture rights they sold of their wedding for £1.5 their nine-bedroom house in Oxshot's worth about £3.5 million, uh, the cost of her exercise bike apparently is £36,000. That's the most expensive uh, exercise bike in living memory. Uh, how much was she paid to promote L'Oreal's products? Half a million. How much per appointment to attach the hair extensions? About a thousand. And her daily earnings from music, television shows and advertising deals, they reckon about £6,666. And how much does Ashley Cole get from Chelsea? 4.26 million, just for kicking a football around. It doesn't, <coughs> doesn't kind of make sense, does it, really, in the stern age? But there you go. Front of the sun, the sw- I mean, that is the story all over the place, apart from the horrendous story of the body in the Blue Lagoon, which you will find in, in all your papers today. It uh, makes gruesome reading, I'm afraid. And, um, as I say, you have to read that in the paper. Boiled lemonade. Now, I've heard boiled lemonade before is very good for, for throats. Boiled lemonade. I don't know what you do. Especially just heat it up generally. I haven't had lemonade for, uh, for ages and ages. And um, another one here. You're right. You must clean your shoes, says Steve of Morden. See, I agree. I've, start looking. You actually look um, when you're out and you have, a, you have a good look in shops and you see how many people have got filthy, dirty shoes. Eating too many jelly beans will not be good for you. Uh, luckily, actually, you only have to have them if you can have a, have a hypo, I think. Uh, hot lemon honey and grated fresh ginger. Yes, uh, but not honey, I'm afraid. Not honey at all. And uh, another one here that says uh, you need some tangerines. Yes, I suppose. Lucozade is quite good for you. And uh, the dexterous tablet, says Mike in Wilsdon. I don't know. Lucozade sweets for hypos. Not as good, apparently, according to all the experts, as those, um, those little jelly beans. Listen, thank you very much indeed for all your uh, texts this morning and the advice on the, uh, on the sore throats. A lot of people recommending echinacea and things like that. And again, somebody else saying hot water. Hot water, very, very good. Gargle a bottle of rum, says Declan. It won't work, but, but you won't care. I totally agree. A bottle of rum is very good. And Brian in Hampton Hills said, I used to suck a zoob. Yes, I've heard of zoobs. I'm not too sure. Somebody else said salt water is very good. And Brian also thinks that my rich, my rich deep tones make me sound like Tallulah Bankhead. Whereas I thought Tallulah Bankhead just sounded like a bloke, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850-lbc.co.uk. We shall uh, look forward to doing it again very, very soon. Don't forget, if you go to the uh, LBC webpage, lbc.co.uk, you can learn all about the, uh, the podcasting, and you can check out all the, the different things on there, including the photos, and we're still waiting. 
for the other photos to materialise after the uh, after the huge photo sessions. I don't know where they are. We shall I shall try and find out over the next couple of days, and I shall let you know. So go to the LBC website, and the blog will be up very very shortly. Nick will be with you after the news at seven o'clock this morning. And he'll be taking your calls and emails with his uh, guests, and they'll be looking through the morning papers. But as I say, it's dominated by, uh, by a footballer and a pop singer. It's all a bit sad, really, isn't it? We'll do it again very, very shortly. First of all, before Nick, the morning's business update with Matthew Schofield. Thanks, Steve. The government sounded last orders for the cast.